0: Welcome to Dire Trip, where we deep dive into all sorts of spooky, horrific, or just plain weird crimes, lawsuits, and strange happenings all over the world. Without further ado, let's get into today's story. One night, while being transported to the hospital, a woman in police custody fell from a moving police car, missing her handcuffs and other restraints. Did she somehow manage to escape and jump out, or was something more sinister at play? Our story today is about a woman named jordan sims she was a very lively woman who lived a somewhat normal life out in arizona with her three children safford arizona to be exact however her life began to take a turn in 2015 when she was diagnosed with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis she was put on opioids for the pain but unfortunately like a lot of people who go on to opioids she moved on to something harder She wanted to go to rehab, but she could never really force herself to finish up the paperwork and really go through with it. As you would expect, this situation doesn't really go hand in hand with keeping children. Her children were eventually removed from her custody and adopted by her mother. Jordan's life slowly went downhill. However, she was never violent and reportedly remained kind to others. But she did turn to petty crimes. After a while, she was arrested for shoplifting a number of times. This takes us to December 23rd, 2019, just two days before Christmas. The police received a call that a woman had been shoplifting. Once they arrived on scene, they discovered that the woman, Jordan Sims, wasn't found to have shoplifted anything. However, she did have a warrant out for her arrest in Yavapai County for drug and theft charges after taking a car from her father's girlfriend without permission and getting caught with a big old bag of drugs on hand. After her arrest, she was complaining of severe stomach pain and was rushed to the hospital. The officer who took her to the hospital did not wear the usual body cam due to concerns about it being a HIPAA violation. The officer, Jeremiah French, was left alone in the hospital room with her to monitor her. It was at this point, when they were alone together for 30 minutes, that Jordan said the officer S.A. her while in the hospital bed. Officer French would say very little of the hospital visit. He mentioned that he spoke with hospital staff, Jordan refused medication, and she was released back into his custody when they then returned to jail. So, simple as that. Seemingly. Jordan was taken to the Graham County Detention Center. Upon being returned to jail, Jordan attempted to escape from the jailhouse bay, but Officer French wrestled her to the ground. She was later quoted as saying, I ran away from the officer that emmed me. Because she attempted to flee the jail, she was red-tagged, meaning that she was to be stripped of her clothes, given only a smock and a blanket, and thrown into solitary confinement. Those who knew her and talked to her described this cell as being freezing cold, which aggravated her lupus, understandably. It was somewhere around this point that she made a phone call to her mother, Debra Sanchez. She says, Mommy, I need you to listen. Of course, as a mom, I'm starting to get up, says, Mommy, I need you to please listen. I was After the accusations, Officer French was placed on paid administrative leave for the time being. After being processed, an unnamed female officer was seen taking Jordan into a holding room. Shortly after, the female officer took her into the shower room. The door was closed. Two minutes later, the officer left the shower. It was during this two minutes that Jordan claimed the female officer to have assaulted her as well, telling her, Go ahead and report it, because nobody will ever believe you. She made a second call to her mother, pleading for help. She just told me that um, she was told to cough twice, and the second time is when the female guard shoved something in my daughter's butt. After her accusations, she was taken in for an SA exam on the 23rd, where DNA evidence was collected. She remained in custody until a few days later when she was taken in for another SA exam on the 26th. During the exam, she complained of her ongoing stomach pains, it was recommended that she return to the hospital for further examination. Two police officers, Sergeant Arthur T.J. Perez and Deputy Rosemary Lacey, complied, and they were set to drive her there. Jordan was loaded into the backseat of a police transport vehicle, where she was restrained with handcuffs, a belly chain, and ankle restraints. The vehicle had childproof locks meant to keep the inmates from opening the doors from the inside. However, this vehicle was not the one that the officers were familiar with. According to the officers, the check engine light came on in their vehicle of choice, so they opted to use another. They said that they used a Graham County Sheriff's Ford Explorer so that they could, quote, go faster. I don't think I need to point out that this comment is weird. I mean, it's a city, you can only go so fast anyway. I mean, During the ride, Jordan was seemingly calm and quiet only asking for the heat to be turned up. So what exactly happened during the ride? Well, uh, we don't really know. It's still a mystery, but we do know how the ride ended. While still in transit, the doors of the police vehicle opened and Jordan fell out onto the road, all of her strengths removed, where she was then run over by the rear wheel of the car, going roughly 35 miles per hour. She was very badly injured, bleeding from her head onto the street. They stopped the car, and one of the officers ran over to her. Soon after, additional officers as well as paramedics arrived. Within eight minutes, she was stabilized. She was transported to a nearby hospital, but was ultimately flown to Tucson for further treatment. She was put into a medically induced coma, but it was no use. In the end, she did not survive. She would pass away due to a series of head injuries from her fall including a major skull fracture and swelling of the brain needless to say an investigation was in order all of the events leading up to this point were dubious suspicious and definitely mysterious there were many theories flying around and nobody could seem to agree on the entire story the police maintained that jordan had escaped from her restraints gotten the door open and jumped out of the car on her own. Her family, however, doesn't buy that one bit. Jordan's mother was convinced that, in order to silence her, she was thrown from the back of the police car. The child lock was disengaged. Officer Lacey would go on to claim that she didn't even know about the child locks in the car. She admitted to having never physically locked the doors and never having frisked Jordan. They claim that she removed her handcuffs, belly chain, and ankle restraints on her own somehow. A small tube of shower gel was found in the back seat, reportedly from the location in which she had her SA exam, which officers felt she used as lubricant to remove her restraints. However, removing any one of these restraints in this amount of time would be difficult, let alone all three. No bruising was seen on her wrists to indicate that she may have been struggling with the cuffs. The results of the first SA exam showed that there was male DNA on Jordan, but it wasn't enough to come to a conclusion on the case. They noted that there was a tear on her groin region. The results of the second test did not show that the female officer had M'd her, saying that there was no evidence of any sort of forceful insertion, which should have left injuries. It was noted that the previous tear had not healed. Additional bruising on her body was also noted, mainly on her thigh, which was said to could have been a mark from being grabbed, but it wasn't able to be proven. In the end, the examiner said that the essay was unlikely, but that's really all we have to go on. It was found that Jordan had both ovarian cysts and mechal diverticulium, a deformation of the intestines that were likely causing her very real abdominal pains. The investigation was eventually concluded. To the surprise of most, the Arizona Attorney General decided that there would be no charges placed against any of the officers involved in this case. We have completed our review and have concluded no criminal charges are appropriate, said a statement that the Attorney General's office sent out. Benjamin Taylor, the lawyer of Jordan's family, pressed that they should at least charge them with endangerment or negligence. Jeremiah French, the officer accused of the original S.A., retired from the police force. Jordan's family was very unsatisfied with the way things turned out. They are attempting to sue the city in civil court for up to $5 million, saying that the officers were negligent in their treatment of Jordan. Even if they couldn't prove that the S.A. had taken place... It was still very evident that the back door of the police vehicle should have been locked, and clearly, admittedly, was not. The Graham County Detention Center is no stranger to accusations of S.A. Since this incident, several other inmates in the jail have come forward, inspired by Jordan Sims' case, to bring the culture of misconduct in this jail to light. 12 News, a local news channel, began investigating the accusations. They spoke to many inmates and found a lot of evidence. Solid proof in some cases. I'm scared of being raped in that jail. I'm scared of what, what might happen to them because of our friend that was in here. And, you know, we don't know how far it will go. We don't want to lose our lives. One inmate showed us explicit messages from a detention officer, Brandon Palmer. I didn't walk out of this jail. For 35 seconds later, I was already receiving naked pictures of this officer. This woman in particular was able to show text messages from one officer, in which he tried to get her to meet up and sent her unsolicited news photos. This particular officer was fired after the news broke. Several other inmates gave testimony saying that giving out certain favors would lead to better treatment in jail. Some even said that they were offered an early release in exchange for these favors. With many, the officers would continue to text them after their release from jail. So, what's going to happen next? Um, only time will tell, really. But at this point, it doesn't really look like anyone is going to face any sort of punishment for what happened to Jordan. In the end, Jordan did choose to donate her organs, which undoubtedly went out to help many others, even in her absence.